Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast video edition. And we have one of our Monday favorites, our uh, our man in East Lansing, Tom Crawford. Uh, someone who was intently watching as the rest of Michigan world was. Michigan, Ohio State. We've seen a couple of big Michigan-Ohio State games here in the last few months, and you kind of kept the feeling from November into uh, into this one. It, only this one was in Columbus, and uh, and Tom Crawford, first of all, welcome back to the podcast. Well, it's great to be back, JP, on this roller coaster ride called the Big Ten basketball season. It's just not Michigan; everybody's up and down. It's it's the craziest. It's the craziest Big Ten season I can ever recall in terms of unpredictability. When Nebraska goes in and, and knocks off Wisconsin uh, after knocking off Ohio State, both on the road. You know it's a topsy-turvy league. And, um, but, and I did not expect what happened. You know, when I, when I learned in the morning about Hunter Dickinson not playing, I go, oh, good Lord. You know, it's like you have one of these – you have one of these all – let's just get the season over moments. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have that moment. You're anticipating my first question because I say to you, 
sometime yesterday morning before that game tips off. All right, Tom, here's the situation. Michigan has won two of the last 15 basketball games it's played in Columbus. Full strength, not full strength, whatever. Not a whole lot of wins in Columbus. Secondly, you've lost your best player in Hunter Dickinson, who will not participate in this game. Thirdly, through a little foreknowledge, you're in a situation where Caleb Houston, one of your better shooters, who's been scoring consistently in double figures of late, is going to go scoreless and 0-10. You tell me, are they going to win this game, Tom? Okay. Hunter, so in other words, Hunter Dickinson, no points. Caleb Houston, no points. Does Michigan win? Hell no, I I don't think that. Um, But you know what? That's... Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised because it's that kind of year. The, you expect the unexpected. And and T. Will, Terrence Williams, you know, every every third or fourth game, he just, like, lights out. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, Devontae Jones is – he's on an upward tick, a trend. You know what I mean? He has been – that back half of the season, and it just goes to show you, you can't go from – not to, to mock the Sun Belt, but from the Sun Belt mid-major – to the Big Ten uh, in a point guard role and expect to just you know be seamless in transition. It's taken a while, but man, he's 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 got it cooking right now. He was absolutely terrific yesterday. That's one of the best point guard play I've seen from a Michigan point guard in a long time. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And you 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 have to love what uh, how self-effacing Phil Martelli is in this whole thing as he's evaluating. Uh, Devontae Jones, he makes a, a real point to to point right at Howard Isley and say, look, um, this guy is a quarter, uh, you know, the basketball version of a quarterback whisperer, the, the point yeah. guard whisperer where uh, it, it wasn't easy for Devontae Jones just to come in, uh, go up a level in competition, join a whole new group of guys and, and immediately begin clicking. But now, He's playing like I think most Michigan fans could have only dreamed that he would be playing from the start. And you have to, you know, you have to give credit not only to Jones for hanging with it and staying in there, but the guys around him who have helped him along and uh, and no doubt really playing at a high level. Yeah, you know, and there was other contributions, you know, you know, opposed to me being, you know, Captain Obvious with, with Devontae. I mean, Musa Diabate was huge in this game. I, you know, I even, you know, thought Caleb had, you know, played, uh, I was talking to Anthony before the, 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 the podcast here that, you know, he did some things defensively to muck things up uh, against Ohio. He had that one steal. I mean, and you have 11 steals and you have 24 points from the bench. I mean, some of that, some of the metrics in this game is crazy. And I was happy also for one kid because when I get to the arena at Chrysler, I go in through the time. I, I go get my, you know, my my sub sandwich, okay, and then I have that, you know, mingle with the media. You know what that's about. And then I come right. out the tunnel, and sometimes I'm like, I get there early because I don't have a life. So it's like sometimes 90 minutes before the game, okay. And I'm looking, and I walk out there is a manager with Kobe Bufkin. Every game this year, he's out there getting up shots, 100, 150 shots. Bravo! I don't know how many shots he's out there. Just putting it up. And always one from that corner and then one from the wing. And he came in big time with that three. That was a huge three. That three won the game. 
secured the game when Ohio State was making their run. I was so happy for that young man for Grand Rapids. With just over a minute to go, he hits the three. This is a kid that's going to play a big role next year. I can see him uh, going through Camp Sanderson, getting bigger, getting stronger, yes. and uh, and really being able to battle and being someone that uh, that they look at as a as a huge contributor next year. You mentioned Diabate. My theory or my observation is simply this: when Hunter Dickinson is not available or is in foul trouble, or is off the court for whatever reason, Musa Diabate seems to blossom. I mean, he he can play, and he does play when uh, he's playing with Hunter Dickinson on the court, but when they move him into that five spot and start feeding him the basketball and uh, and there's no Dickinson around, he just looks to me like a different player, like he – uh, he knows it's his time. He knows he has to take over a little bit more. And and um, he was a major factor being active yesterday. You know, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of a lot of uh, people smarter in basketball than, than I am, uh, former players and, and some coaches. And and the the too big thing uh, doesn't always work for Michigan. And sometimes they think that you know Diabate might be better, just, just like you described. Uh, and, and this was a quicker t- – you know, listen, I want Hunter back for IU. I want Hunter back. Michigan's a better team. But I'm oh, yeah. telling you what, it was a different look to this team. The spacing, way better. Um, the fluidity of the offense, way better in some regards. Um, I, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's, it's a better situation, but it's a different situation that obviously works against certain teams. And it worked against Ohio State, whereas it did not work – in Ann Arbor when Hunter was playing. Now, I mean, all these teams are, you know, it, it, it's a, you know, we're all, you know, it's a freak show to Big Ten like we talked about. You never know what you're going to get. But um, I thought that that was interesting when you really decipher the, the parts of the game uh, without Hunter and, and how it's a different look. And in this particular case, it was a more productive look uh, than it was the last time that these two teams met. Yeah, and I know you've already talked about Terrence Williams, but I can't uh, forego the observation that here's a kid that has has left two uh, Michigan rival coaches absolutely uh, stunned in the last three games. First, it was Tom Izzo and then uh, Holtzman from uh, Ohio State, both saying, look, the kid has not shot three-pointers all year successfully, and he drops three on us. It just, this is a kid that looks like, and hits the clutch, couple clutch free throws down the stretch, looks like he is announcing himself not only for the rest of this season, but as, hey, I'm coming back as a junior next year. Yes, I understand that I haven't been a starter or a major factor uh, at times, but uh, don't forget about me. Yeah, when, when you consider Jet Howard coming in, some of the other recruits, and you know, and who might be coming back, and it's hard to do that because you just don't know. Uh, but I, I have found myself looking to 22-23 season a lot, especially on the on the downside of this roller coaster ride. You know, the, oh, how about next year? You know, and and he's one of those guys that he, he is an X factor, and it could be a great he could be a great cr- contributor next year. As well as Kobe and, and some others, and 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 I I'm I'm excited right now, you know, and 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 then um, 
And I feel, uh, you know, as far as the NC two way, I want to ask your opinion. I mean, uh, okay, where are you at right now? I mean, are, are we should we all sleep well, regardless what happens uh, in Indianapolis with Indiana? I, I, here's what I think. I think if if Michigan wins that game, it's a completely uh, restful night on the uh, prior to Selection Sunday on Selection Sunday Eve. If they lose to IU, I think it's kind of like a cautiously optimistic, you know, uh, white knuckle treatment on Selection Sunday. What do What do you think? Yeah, I think Michigan's earned its way in either way. Um, okay, but I I I recognize what you're saying, and I also think that uh, nobody would feel totally locked and good about it unless Michigan wins that game. Yeah. Uh, certainly the Wolverines handled IU before and, uh, and can again, but I mean, you're looking at a Michigan team and this is the weirdest thing that has not won back-to-back games since February 8th and February 10th. And that's been yeah. a while. It's their whipsaw thing where they can't win two in a row and uh, that has to change right now. There's no question about it. I, I think um, they they have the toughest draw probably of uh, of the teams playing early in in getting the Hoosiers. Uh, but you know, it's that's what happens when you're uh, you you kind of play your way into that position. So I you know it'll be a it'll be an Indiana crowd. Um, because as we've talked many a time, when you uh, not only is the the game being played in Indianapolis, when you're playing in the Big Ten tournament, uh, all other schools seem to uh, to side against uh, against the Wolverines. And hey, you know, let's let's get these guys out of here. Yeah, we've seen those the sing along, uh, you know, fight song uh, videos up on top, and everybody cheers everybody, all fourteen teams except one. When Michigan fans go up there singing the victors, everybody's booing. So I, it's it's Michigan against everyone. It's like the T-shirt indicates. I also think it's going to be a, a interesting dynamic this week, JB, with, with Juwan Howard coming back, and and how the players have to readjust to that. Uh, and and now we're back into also a sideshow of distraction. Uh, you don't think the media is going to bring this thing up to Juwan, and and the players are going to be asked about this. And it's, you know, and, and also the fan reaction. I mean, Michigan could be a, indeed be the bad boys. So uh, when it, more so than I just described, you know, everybody wants to knock off Michigan. Um, so, and, you know, but how you handle that thing, if you can handle it in Columbus, if you can win, you know, in, in Bloomington at Assembly Hall and all, some of these other venues, you can certainly hand, handle, you know, you know, being in, uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, now it's called Banker's Life. Uh, I'm not sure what the what it's called now, um, but it's uh, it, it, it's going to be an interesting game on on Thursday, and I I think they're finally going to get the two in a row thing, <laughs> and not the everything off er, er, you know one game on one game off thing. I think they're going to uh, finally break that string. Here's what I would say about uh, jo- the Jawan Howard return. I, I think that uh, Jawan Howard has an immense capacity to have a winning personality, to show humility, to uh, to say, you know what, I was uh, I was wrong, and I did not help my team in this situation. 
uh, and we are just going to do everything we can to to move forward and, and play good basketball at the time we need to the most. And I fully expect that out of him. I, I really think that uh, he'll be able to handle this well. And, you know, uh, when he, he's already got Michigan people on his side, but I think he has the ability to mend fences and and get others back on his side. You're he, not going to have any Badger fans cheering for him anytime soon, but uh, I, I really do think that uh, he is fully capable of, of making this so that it's not a major distraction for his team. No, I agree with that, John. And, and you know, and they, and they, you know, the way it was playing out, it looked like Michigan was going to be playing Wisconsin, but the crazy right. stuff that happened in the afternoon and then, uh, Illinois offsetting and, and keeping holding uh, Iowa at bay last night, getting that co-championship at number one seed. So it's Illinois that um, Michigan would play on Friday. And, you know, even though it's a bad matchup, it's a third time, you know, maybe the third time's a charm. Uh, I've seen crazier things happen than, than, than that. And, and they played him tough. You know, basically they played him tough both games, not trying to get ahead of this IU game. But um, I, I like, I, you know, it, it's just going to be intriguing and boy, but boy, was that Ohio State game vital uh, because, it, you know, to go, you know, I'm, I was thinking, oh, my God, do I want to come out here to Chrysler doing NIT? No, no. I, I mean, and I can't imagine the fan turnout for an NIT game because remember the last time Michigan did not go to the NC2As was 14-15, the Karis LeVert and Derek Walton injury year. They didn't have to go to the NIT. So you got to go back double-digit years. Michigan went to the NIT. And that's it would be hard to stomach after all these NC2A appearances. Yeah, I, I think you know, you're a little bit – you've been struggling to fill Chrysler uh, as it is, even for but some Michigan of these... State was empty. I mean, it had empty seats. It's crazy. The rivals in town, and there were empty seats. I know the students were gone, but there, there was some really discouraging uh, optics when you see that arena. It's not – I mean, the fans that are there are, are engaged. I will say that. And they brought right. it against uh, Michigan State. And Michigan State had a lot of fans in there. It was almost like a Big Ten tournament um, game. But um, I, you know, when, when you know, but it, it is disappointing. It, it, it truly is. When the rival's in town and you don't have every seat taken, there's something wrong. Well, I agree. And I, I uh, it, they certainly saw the spring break hit at a bad time. Yeah. I know there are people that are not in that arena because of uh, some of the COVID restrictions that have been put on. So I, I think it's a, it's a tough situation right now. But uh, I, I do think that Michigan fans ought to travel pretty well down to, uh, down to the Big Ten tournament after what they just witnessed. And really, in recent weeks, yes, they have lost some tough games, and, uh, but they've played some very good teams. They have some excellent wins. When you're knocking off Iowa and you're knocking off Purdue and you you beat the Buckeyes on their home court, this is a team that retains a uh, a nice upside for tournament time if they can get it on a roll and and have their people back on the court and bring everything everybody together. Yeah. So when you really dissect the last the Phil Martelli five game you know, duty that he had. I mean, Rutgers was a great win. The Illinois game was not a bad loss. I mean, my God, well, they dug themselves a hole. They had incredible, I mean, plumbers going off on 23 points in the first half. They had incredible guard play. 
Illinois did have, and they got nailed by the, the high ball screens, and the guards didn't do a very good job. But so you know that that's that's explainable. They blow out Michigan State pretty much for 40 minutes the entire game, and then they run into Iowa, one of the hottest teams in the country. Let's not just the Big Ten. They're they're they got it cooking right now. I, I, it's gonna be interesting to see how far Iowa goes in the NC two ways. They got a nice blend, and um, so and then they go down and beat Ohio State. Um, you know, not a bad five games. I mean, you're right. Michigan's in a pretty good place right now, and I I will be surprised, knock on wood, that they uh, falter or play bad against Indiana. They're not going to play bad against Indiana. Yeah. No, I think they get one in the Big Ten tournament. I think they have their toughest matchup draw in the next game that they could possibly imagine. Oh, I yeah. mean, <laughs> you it's like from the frying pan. Okay, we missed we missed Wisconsin in that second game and all that extra hoo-ha, but you've got Illinois and that that's going to be tough. I I think as I said, they have played their way into the NCAA tournament. You don't want to take any chances on Thursday, but I will be uh right along with everyone else really looking forward to uh, what kind of a draw they get for the big dance. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that, that's a heck of an accomplishment considering how they dug themselves a hole. I, mean, I, I think back to that central Florida game, you know, that I was watching down in Florida the night before, you know, the, the orange bowl game. And I'm thinking how, you know, when they had, they had the lead, they had a, a double digit lead and then they, then they got outscored by a crazy amount of points and how bad they looked against central Florida. And, and then the Minnesota game, um, and, you know, this is after losing at Seton Hall at home. I mean, there was, you know, they had, they're having to make up for a bad start, uh, and they've done a good job navigating that with some pretty major distractions, including the incident up in Madison. So I really commend this team, and, and I can't, you know, I, I failed to mention so far on this side of the podcast, uh, Eli Brooks, I thought he was absolutely terrific yesterday. He's got a very – cool, subtle, quiet, calming element of leadership on that team. If you're noticing that in a, you know, in, in the, you know, in the group huddle before the, before the free throws, I mean, it's a calming communication. It's not fire and brimstone, which sometimes works on, it's not Zach Novak out there. Okay. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you what, um, I was impressed by him yesterday and, and I feel good for him because that was unfortunate. He on senior night, uh, he lost that last game of his uh, Chrysler career. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough all the way around. But uh, like you said, Iowa is ridiculously hot. I expected them to start uh, firing up threes as soon as they crossed the half court line because some of yeah. those were deep, deep threes. Yeah. Like Caitlin Clark from the women's team. I mean, she'd fit right into this crew. <laughs> yeah. and uh, But you know what? I think your perspective is fantastic because it really wasn't that long ago that folks were talking about this Michigan team as an NIT team. And yeah. um, would they accept the invitation to the NIT and, and this and that? And now all of a sudden it's uh, okay. They're almost certainly in the big, uh, in, in the big dance. Just make sure on Thursday, we'll all be tuned in. Uh, Tom Crawford, as always, thanks for joining us. You uh, you bring a special insight and passion that our people appreciate, and uh, we will be talking to you again very soon. All right, JP, uh, looking forward to the Big Ten tournament, and uh, hopefully uh, when we talk next week, we'll be talking about where Michigan is going in the Big Dance. Looking forward to it.
Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.